All right, everyone. My guest today is one of the best young sports analysts in the game. He's an associate at DraftKings, a former Must Love Sports intern and lemonade maker, and the founder of Sportscaster LLC, one of the hardest working, most dedicated people I know in the sports world, and a friend, Christopher Christopher Lyles Jr. Thank you for joining us. has been amazing um i will say it it was definitely a blessing in disguise because i'll be honest i don't recall applying for this job but it came to me and from a little bit of last year up until this point uh, it really has been an educating journey but it's something that i'm learning each and every day i feel like that's always how it goes the ones you don't the jobs you hear back from you're like i don't even remember reaching out to these people but like hey i'm not gonna be not gonna complain right <laughs> what do you what do you do what's the day-to-day there like so uh in in short terms it's pretty much like if anyone has a question concern anything about a bet that they place they pretty much just come to me about it um i pretty much handle any and every kind of bet you can think of whether it's uh over over under money line uh point spread, anything like that. I did a little bit of daily fantasy. I did a little bit of casino as well. So anybody who has anything to say or have a concern about a bet, they come to me about it. Hey, that's the place to be. I mean, sports betting is, it's here, but it's also the future. So kind of getting that firsthand experience and just, I'm sure you know, you know, the over-unders and, you know, the spreads, the game lines, all that stuff, like in and out now. So that's probably, probably super helpful. And how is uh tell me how sportscast are you still still fronting that? You still doing everything there? Yeah, so as you can see, we have our own gear. Uh we got our own, well, not our own, but I made like the little backdrop or whatever. We're going pretty strong. Uh started back in July. As you know, you've done some work for us uh for a good bit of time. And from that point on, like it's really growing. Uh we just hired some new interns and they're doing amazing, producing content every day. Uh, and that's pretty much the name of the game is just producing content. But not only that, uh, but producing content that viewers can feel like they have a voice on. Too many times we see uh, in some of the bigger brands, I won't say any, uh, the bigger brands that they just post content, but they're pushing the narrative. Um, and here, what we try to do is we give everybody the chance, even athletes who sometimes comment on our content to push their own narratives. And doing that, they get a chance to really say, you know, nah, this is how I feel about this, or, you know, nah, I think it should be like this, or, you know, blase, blase. And then it just creates creates conversation. Uh, sometimes we had a few posts where it got a little heated. That's okay. That happens in sports. Uh, and sometimes we had some educating, educating conversations. Um, and then that's pretty much the beauty of sports. You know, you can get from one end of the spectrum to the other. Absolutely. And that's kind of the way, way it should be. It shouldn't just kind of be one select group doing all the talking. It should be, you know, the fans and the, and the athletes themselves kind of getting in with the conversation and, and sharing yeah. how they feel. 
So I love, I love that you guys do that that way. It's, I think it's fantastic. And I love seeing all your, all the stuff out there. Thank you. Well, we'll go right into it. You know, so this is sports, our sports casters. Let's talk some sports. NBA playoffs are today. I'm ecstatic for my Sixers game, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Let's start a little slow. Let's go back to the play-in, which just finished up this weekend. Give what? me your just initial first thought reactions of those those four games. I am a Hornets fan. So for any Hornets fans out there, I know I feel your pain. I feel what we went through. We got demolished. Uh, That's kind of embarrassing, not going to lie. Yeah. Um, the main thing about our game was you saw where the experience came in. Uh, Pacers have been in the playoffs I would say, if, if not the past decade, at least in kind of like that eight, seven seed, they've always been there. So they always had that run in with the best team and know how to prepare for that. Um, besides, you know, Nate, Nate, not Nate McMillan, but I forgot who the coach was um, at that time. But having just that overall experience to be in the playoffs. So that's that series. That's how that playing went. Um, and it's the Celtics versus the Wizards. That was that was a pretty good game. I think Jason Tatum came out and balled out normally as as he always. I think he dropped fifty, I believe. Yeah, fifty burger. Um, so it's like Jason did what he normally does, um, and then the Pacers versus the Wizards. That was pretty neck and neck. That was one of those games that people really were only watching for Russ. That's it. Um, but you know. Wizards came out on top, and now they're playing your squad. So we'll see how that they goes. What do you think uh, of uh, the big, the big game? So the Lakers Warriors. Gonna get, yeah, I was going to get to that. That had to be. I honestly think that was the best game all year. And I say all year, meaning regular season. I personally believe that'll be the best game, even when we get to the finals. Whoever's in the finals. That, that was literally the game of the season because that went down to the wire with LeBron pulling up 30 feet out, seeing three rounds and just aimed at the middle one and just pulling up and, and, you know, being who he is, being, you know, the greatest of all time. So I I pretty much, I, I personally think the Warriors should have won that game. And the reason why I say that is because only reason why they truly lost was because they weren't really hitting their shots like that in the end. Uh, Andrew Wiggins was hot in the first half and just went ice cold in the second half. Steph Curry the same. Uh, and I, I, pretty, I, I believe that defense for the Lakers played a big part in it too. Uh, Alex Bay, it was a big switch between Dennis Schroeder and Alex Caruso. Um, Steph Curry was cooking Dennis Schroeder. I mean, putting him on a skillet. But Alex Caruso came up and was just like, you know, I'm not going to let this dude, you know, do me any kind of way. So you've seen that kind of lockdown matchup take place. Uh, I think that was crucial. Um, and then I'm going to get on Anthony Davis, one of my favorite players. He did not live up to expectations. He does not need to play like that in the playoffs at all. Now, I, I get it. You're not going to run into a Draymond ever again um, just because Draymond – despite his comments of being the greatest defender ever, he will go down as one of the greats. I will give him that. Um, and with that, but he is somebody who is like LeBron is such a skillful, thoughtful person of the game, thinking five, six steps ahead of the entire player game. That's how Draymond is on the defensive end. So that's why when you saw the pick and rolls between him and Dennis Schroeder, 
then uh, Draymond Green was breaking him up because he already knew where the ball was going to go. He already knew how uh, Anthony Davis was going to cut and roll to the basket. And from that point on, it was just like, you know what? My guy, you're not going to get pretty much any. I, I can't even recall how many points he had. I know it wasn't double digits. No. I know that much. The thing with uh, Anthony Davis that drives me crazy is to me, it seems like he forgets how big and how talented he is for like a three, four game stretch. And then he'll remember one game and drop like 35 points. And then he'll forget again the next game. And he'll be like, dude, you're so big. You're so talented. Right. It's like, it's not a, it's not only it's a drive issue, but it, it, there seems to be for certain game stretches when he should be coming up large that he plays small, if that makes sense. Well, you got to understand too. Um, the main thing about that, you got to understand how he played growing up. Dude hit six eight by the time he was a junior in high school. So predominantly of his young career or his young life, he's played point guard. Um, and so from that point on, he always had to adjust to being a big man. Hmm. Now I will say in agreeing in agreeing with you, he did have that big man esque in him when he was with the Pelicans because he was a five until Demarcus Cousins got there. Then they pushed him yeah. to the four. Um, so, and that's kind of a conversation that I had with different people. Like he knows how to do it. So to your point, he knows how to do it. I think it's just understanding when to do it and when not to do it. You understand too, Draymond Green probably has run into the typical, okay, post up, back you down, back you down. Either I'm a turn around, do a baby look, or I'm a fade away and do a fade away post shot. He's used to that. So Anthony Davis has to go back to what he's always done in his younger days and see what he can do there. But understanding that you got to go into your bag, how you can go into your bag. You can't just stay in your bag, stay in one part of your bag. Prime example, LeBron, when he was facing uh, Andrew Wiggins in the first half, twice his size. Granted, they both played the same position. LeBron's 6'10", 240, 50 pounds. Andrew Wiggins, 6'8", maybe 220, maybe 215, maybe. Um, and you saw one play where LeBron was backing him down, backing him down, and he bailed him out with a, a fadeaway shot. Second half, I mean, just putting his shoulder in his chest, like, it was different. And that's kind of what I want Anthony Davis. And granted, he's young. LeBron is pushing 40, so he knows the game. Anthony Davis is 26, 27. So maybe 25, actually. No, 26. So he has he has some of that youthful, mind, youthful mindset to him where there's some things he still has to learn. I think a lot of that just comes to just being in the right situation. And just surrounding yourself with people who can make you better. Same thing absolutely, absolutely. And just, I mean, I, I think you're exactly right. But what just drives me a little nuts just watching him as a player is mm -hmm. he can do that and he knows how to do that. And he'll do it certain games and he'll maybe have a good stretch of, of playing like that. Mm -hmm. But then in other stretches, it seems like he's he's playing small, he's playing conservative. And it's like, did you not did you not see yourself three games ago when no one on the floor could stop you one through five? But now right. you're backing out a little bit in the post and you're kicking out or you're settling for a fadeaway. And it's just, he seems to kind of, uh, this is oversimplifying it, but almost forget his game in certain points. Right. No, I, I agree. That goes, that's go back to my point of just knowing when to stick with it and when to change. Um, but that just comes with time. Yeah. I, I firmly believe, uh, I, I used to say when the Lakers win the chip this year, if they win the, the chip this year, um, next year, I think you'll see a different Anthony Davis. Um, and I mean that in a scary way because we've already known what he can do. We already know that he's an unstoppable force when he gets going. 
Um, but adding the thinking piece to it, I think that is what's going to come in this playoffs. And if you see a, and Joel Embiid likes switching him, the way kind of Embiid took last season to this season, just kind of realizing how big and strong he is and how much he can dominate. They play different styles of games, but if Andy Davis has that kind of mental switch, I see what you're saying. He could be MVP candidate type player in the the years to come. And see, I don't, I don't, you go. You gonna probably bite my head off about this. I don't see Embiid as being that thoughtful kind of player. And the reason why I say that is because there's a reason why people hate on LeBron, but there's a reason why you have to respect him at the end of the day. LeBron is one of the first players to have that mindset to not only play his position, but know and can play all other four positions on the floor. Not only that, but can see five plays ahead of the game and that's what's scary like that's what people try to demean because they can't do it but that's one of the things you just got to respect that's one of the reasons I I mean yeah I said the Warriors should have won but that's another reason why you know the Lakers won at the end of the day because LeBron saw like okay kick it to uh, KCP he's not gonna be able to do nothing bro just kick it back LeBron already knew he's gonna pull that shot before he even kicked it to KCP yeah. It was just a matter of, okay, is he going to actually shoot or is he going to actually kick it back? So when he kicked it back, he was like, okay, all right, cool, regardless of the shot clock. So I, I think that's just something that being around can be contagious, and that could rub off on Anthony Davis mm-hmm. and just having that mental aspect of it. Embiid is an unstoppable force at the end of the day, arguably the best center in the game right now. Now, will he win MVP? I hate to say it. No. Um, I don't this year, no. Missed too many games. It's a shame. Yeah. Yeah, Shane, he, then, he couldn't be stopped, but yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta play. You know more than eight himself, essentially. Not in, a, not in a. He got he hurt himself, but like he took himself out of the race because he got injured. Now, had he stayed in, uh, it, it I think it's his no question. If he if, if he I plays, it went either way. I think it went either way because now it's Joker is obviously going to win MVP now, regardless of him being the favorite quote-unquote in the league as of right now in this season but had him and Embiid stayed it would have been like okay obviously Embiid is producing more numbers but understanding the MVP is somebody who is the most valuable player on their team I think if you were to take Embiid off of the Sixers do you think they would still be in the playoffs no you don't think so? No. Okay. I think like Sim- Simmons can 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 run the, run the offense and run the team and have them kind of coast, but Embiid M- just brings. I mean, you know, thirty points a game, like fifteen rebounds. He just he brings so much to that team and he brings so much attention. He's double teamed almost every night, every possession now, and that creates the spacing for all the shooters on this team. So, if you let's say we you know Dwight Howard starting center, the rest of the starting lineups the same. Yeah, maybe they they probably play in tournament team, mm-hmm. but like they're they're not where they're at without Embiid. But it, that's a good it's a good conversation. Most valuable, what team depends on that player the most? And I think every candidate this year has that qualification. Joker yeah. with the uh, Joker, LeBron James with the Lakers when he was healthy, he was a candidate. Mm-hmm. Another one, Steph Curry. It's a shame mm-hmm. that his the Warriors just aren't that good as a team around him. He had the best season of his career. He's won MVP yeah. twice. This was his best yeah. season ever. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people who 
you know, it's it's going to be pretty unanimous that it's the Joker, but there's a lot of people who kind of earned earned a few votes for this year. Oh, yeah. If there was a way to give more votes, and I think they would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's circle back real quick, though. So Lakers ended up beating the Warriors. LeBron, the big shot. I think that was the game of the year. That's why the play-in tournament is here. Mm-hmm. The rest of the games I thought were pretty enjoyable. After watching them, do you think the play-in tournament should stay? <sighs> I've been battling this all week, man. I'll be honest with you. Um, no. The reason why I say that is because if we, when we go back to the 82-game series, and I understand it this year, 72 games, and that's not – I mean, you taking off 10 games that somebody could potentially have a run to be in the playoffs. But going back to the 82-game series, I just don't foresee that being – not successful i just don't see it being smart because now it's like it's kind of like going back to the handing out participatory awards when you mm. you were there like okay hold on we done played a whole season and here we are we had a fight to get this sixth spot and you're telling me that the guys who are ninth and tenth and seventh and eighth can compete for two spots below me and all of this is just one game when we had to fight 82 games to even get here it's like, what? So I don't see that. It's 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 okay for right now because of coming off of COVID and coming off that year and a 72 game series. I get it for this year. But when we go back to 82 games, I don't they need to take that off if possible. Yeah, I'm kind of torn and I'm torn for like almost the same reasons because I like it because there's, you know, Warriors and Lakers. They go toe-to-toe with the former defending champions, buzzer right. beater, greatest game of the season. And then they lose to the Grizzlies, who John Morant went off, good team. But you think a team that's almost beating the Lakers should be almost a shoo-in, then lose to the Grizzlies. So I like it because right. it's like, you know, hey, the best team wins, and if you don't win, you're not the best team. But I don't right. like it because it's like that team clearly has the talent to be there, just, you know, lost a heartbreaker to the Lakers and then just kind of got bested by the Grizzlies. I, I think I think the Warriors would put up more of a fight in the playoffs than the Grizzlies are going to against the Jazz. Oh, yeah. yeah not that the sure. Grizzlies didn't earn it. They earned it. But it's just, you know, so I'm, I'm torn. Right. And I think a lot of it, too, is just going back to, you know, I think the Warriors, from a morale standpoint, you could see it in everybody's faces that was like, we should have won that game. But we ran into freaking LeBron. That was why. So it's like I saw, like, Steph Curry was pissed. Like, it wasn't even pissed where – he was mad at refs or mad at other players. He was pissed that he did not. I've never seen that before out of him. And that was a different look. So it was like when they got to the Grizzlies, it was just like, ah, whatever. Dude, and, and I a mean, close it was game, close. A close game loss like that can be so devastating. It reminds me of actually LeBron and the Cavs. I think it was 2017, 20, the first time playing the Warriors with KD. And they were right in that yeah. first game one and the whole J.R. Smith like debacle. Oh yeah. And then the rest of the series, <laughs> it was ugly. Cause they it was they were right there. And then like just a, a close, heartbreaking loss can really just tank a team for the yeah. rest of their, their playoff run. Yeah, most definitely. So to be determined, yeah, I I'd be okay if it doesn't come back, but I do, mm-hmm. you know, I can't get mad at extra games. Maybe just like one playing game with the eight and nine. I, I think that'd probably be better. So you're saying eight and nine? Just one playing. 
you saying between the eighth and the ninth seed? Yeah. So the eighth seed, so both the eighth and the ninth compete for the eighth? Yeah. Okay. Just one, kind of like baseball does it, just one wild card, one wild card game. Okay. Okay. I have to see how that unfolds. I'm, I'm a visual, so I have to see how that works. But yeah. I, it, it sounds good. I like it. So let's – planes are done. We're one round of games into the NBA playoffs. Mm-hmm. Who do you like so far? I know we're only one game in. Who do you like? As far as the series, which series I like? I mean, what teams do you like what you're seeing? What series do you think is going to be fun to watch? Give me a little bit of both. I'll be honest with you, man. The series to watch would be is going to be the Bucks versus the Heat. That'll be the most back and forth game. Despite what Heat fans are saying, oh no, nah, we play bad and da da da. That's a different team. The reason why I say that is because of Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is somebody not disregarding Eric Bledsoe, but give me Drew Holiday all day long because Drew Holiday is a thinker, like. On the defensive end, he's kind of like Draymond. Like, he knows what his opponent is going to do two, three steps before they actually do it. So that's why he's one of the most underrated uh, defensive point guards in the game. In my personal opinion, he's the best defending point guard in the game. Um, But, yeah, that series is one to watch. That series is definitely going to seven. But I have Bucks. I have Bucks beating them in seven. I agree with that. I think the Bucks are – there's a bit of a different feel to them this year. You know, they're, they're kind of they've, – they've taken the mantle of the Raptors in the East of being that yeah. top-seeded team that always just falls a little short. Yeah. But do adding Drew Holiday has helped a lot. And I think he's always been good, but, I mean, you, you saw it in overtime yesterday. Chris Middleton is really coming into his own. Yeah. And he's established himself as that closer for this team. Giannis is the best player. We know his shooting ability. Chris Middleton is the guy, the closer, when you need a bucket. Yeah. And I think he needs more respect league-wide than he has right now. And I think, I think he's a difference think, maker this year. I think a lot of that is just because of the position he plays. He's a forward. Yeah. Between your point guards and your forwards, you there's not many places you, you can go higher. You're pretty much stuck if you're kind of like in that uh, even kill range. So he, he's not better than Kawhi, um, not better than Kevin Durant, who is, yes, he plays the four. However, he's considered a small four. Yeah. Definitely not better than LeBron, so it's like ah, you're pretty much stuck until those guys leave. So, yeah, that's true. There's just a lot of people kind of in in his position that makes him kind of get put under the radar. Yeah. Who? Uh, what team? What team do you think is going to upset? Who's going to surprise someone this series? Either it's played yesterday or is playing today. That's in the playoffs. That's. Uh, I see the Mavericks upsetting the Clippers. And I know they're fourth and fifth seed, um, but the Clippers did beat them last year. And so the social aspect of it is, okay, they beat them last year, they're going to beat them again this year, adding Rondo with that team. After watching that game, Paul Paul George can't guard Luka. I'm sorry. Like... (laughs) When Luca gives you 30, bro, and they still win, mind you, there are more assets, quote unquote, on the Clippers team. But you just got that one dude who just goes off. Like you he does everything. He defends, shoots, passes, facilitates, he does it all. So it's like 
that that series, I, I have the Mavericks upsetting the Clippers. Everybody else, pretty much, you kind of know who's going to win. Um, I personally see the Knicks coming out of the, the, the Hawks just because I, they've been on a tear. Julius Randle is going off. And I think a lot of it is the youth aspect of the Hawks. There are younger teams in the Knicks. Granted, they have Emmanuel Quickly um, and some other guys like R.J. Barrett who are on the younger end, but their roles is a catalyst. Like their oh, yeah. roles, we can remember, was consistently in the playoffs for four years being with the Bulls. So it's like that he has experience. I can't think of anyone on the Hawks who's been in the playoffs consistently other than maybe Lou Williams. But Lou Williams doesn't start. So right. that kind of... Or does he start? Because Trey Young is hurt. He might start. So, hmm. either way, I think it's a different <laughs> mentality. And the reason why I say that is because Lou Williams is somebody, yes, he's a vet, and he's somebody who can do what they need to do, but Lou Williams is a bucket getter. At the end of the day, like, he's somebody who is going to get his shot and hope that everybody else falls, falls in line. Derrick Rose is somebody who will get everybody involved, push his team, and just create a sense of uh, a winning environment for them to be able to get to that second round. Now, when they see y'all in the second round, okay, yeah. <laughs> it was nice knowing you. But um, for the most part, yeah. Every, everybody else is pretty much, you know, who's going to win. No, yeah. I, I agree with you completely. I, uh, I think you're right. Mavs and Clippers, that's probably – if any upset's going to come, it's going to come there. Again, at 4 or 5, but still the Clippers have so much on their shoulders with, you know, Kawhi and PG that's still like waiting to see how that turned out. Their collapse last year in the playoffs. They have a lot of pressure. So I think that's why it'd be more of a, an interesting upset, even though it's only one seed. I agree with you. I think the Nets and the Bucks will win their series. I think the Knicks will take the Hawks. I think the Sixers, if they don't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, they failed themselves. Because they worked hard to get themselves a one seed. If they can't beat the Wizards and the Hawks or the Knicks, that's like that's dis- disappointing themselves. If that makes sense. So not that it's an easy, not that it's a cakewalk. Because those are good teams, they're playoff teams. But those are teams Sixers should beat. So you have the Sixers beating the Bucks. Your Sixers beating the Bucks. Well, I do, but I'm, I'm just talking about getting to the final. Because right now, all the Sixers oh, got to do okay. to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, beat the Wizards, and then beat Knicks or Hawks. Okay, gotcha. Okay, okay. So I'm saying if they don't get that far, it's they've fallen short. It's it's a it's a disappointment. Okay, okay, I follow. Yeah, and I I, I want to ask you your NBA title predictions in a second, but we'll, we'll end with that real quick. I want to talk a little bit about WNBA. Their season's just getting started. Only mm-hmm. a couple games in. Once you tell me who is, once you give me a player and a team that's been standing out to you in this early start of the season. I'm going to say Asia Wilson. I have to say nothing else. <laughs> Asia Wilson, despite what uh, Sabrina is doing and Brianna Stewart are doing, um, girls who are just bucket getters and being able to do what they do in the court is something special. Um, but overall, you got to understand where Asia's coming from. Like Asia was right there to win what was it, the conference finals or the championship, something like that? I forgot. Championship. Yeah, it was a championship. It was right there. 
and despite injuries, because when I watched, I just kept saying, oh, this girl was hurt. This girl was hurt. This girl was hurt. I was like, oh, my goodness. So she's literally out there playing by herself. But now that she has a healthy team, it's like, sorry, Las Vegas Aces, they're coming for the championship. And Asia yeah. Wilson is full steam ahead. No, and she was balling last year. You're right. She had an under, underman team. And she was, I mean, going up against Sue Bird and, uh, you know, Brianna Stewart. Right. And that's who, I think for me, Brianna Stewart's still, I think, one of the best, not the best player in the league right now, leading in points. But really? Asia is a baller. I just, Brianna Stewart does it every day. But I love what Sabrina Unesco is doing. She's not in that status yet. She's a rookie, so she's making news. And I right. don't know if it's just that the league's finally getting the attention it deserves, or maybe it is just her, her ambiance as a player. But when mm-hmm. she, when she is a big night, like you hear about it, and it's it's emphatic. Like she's such an yeah. exciting player. You know what I mean? She's like yeah. a she's like a Luka Doncic type player. Like uh, I'm trying to think of other comparisons. Like you know when she busts out first, you know youngest ever triple double, buzzer mm-hmm. beater, and you know first game of the season. Like she's she's exciting. She might not be the best yet. Well, she's bringing a lot of a lot of energy, and I love it. So, who do you think is the face of the WNBA? Because you you always had that face. LeBron is the face in the NBA. Tom oh, Brady is the face in the NFL. Well, Pat Mahomes, tough. Tom Brady, so both. I mean, the fact that I think Sue Burgess is still here doing it, like, mm-hmm. but that's like I don't think Tom Brady is like still the face of the NFL right now, even though he's still doing it. So that's kind of right. it's like a similar boat. It's more Patrick Mahomes. So it might that's be what I'm saying is both is. It I was, think it, it just kind of depends. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. It just depends, like, who you are and kind of how long you've been a fan. Like, if you've been watching for yeah. a while, like, Sue Bird's still probably your face of the WNBA. Yeah. But if you're if you're a little newer, been watching for two, three years, maybe it's Asia Wilson, you know? I don't I don't yeah. know if they have a clear-cut face yet. I don't know. Who I, would you say? I will say, I will say Asia. And the reason why I say Asia, not because she came from the University of Sakurama, but because – Every time I turn the TV on, she's plastered somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. It'll be literally, it'll be a highlight of Brianna Stewart. And then next, it'll be just Asia Wilson just there. And I'm like, she's not doing anything. Like, she's just there. Or it'll be a highlight of Sabrina. I can never say her last name. I'm going to just say Sabrina I. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a highlight of her. And it just goes straight to Asia Wilson. And I'm like, she, it'll be, it'll be one highlight, but it'll be like, She's just there. So, so I, I think I will say, and I think this does go this play along with the, the, the face of the league conversation. You know, that's why you might be right. She kind of has that Patrick Mahomes effect. Like, you know, like Patrick Mahomes can make a routine throw and that, that's that's top sports center. If Asia Wilson's doing anything, it's like, hey, here's Asia Wilson doing her thing. Yeah. <laughs> so that might that, that she might be the face. That, that might be it. Yeah. And then that's something that I, I enjoy just because, you know. Her being from South Carolina, being from actually born 20 minutes from where I was born. And that's something that at the end of the day, I really do applaud and I appreciate just because, you know, it's it's one thing to see a, you know, a young African-American woman being the face of such a, a prominent league. But being that you literally was born down the road from where I'm from. And it's like, you know, she grew, born and raised in Hopkins and I Grew up in Columbia, well, not grew up, but I was born in Columbia, South Carolina. So it's like, that's amazing. And that's something that I really do want the WNBA to really harp on. And not only that, but do right by her. Like how you did right by Lisa Leslie and did right by Sue Bird. 
uh, Diana Taurasi. Uh, do right how you did right by those ladies. Do right by her too, um, because a lot of times you, the certain leagues try to put people up there that don't need to be up there. Prime example: you look at the NFL. They try to make Mitchell Trubisky the face of the league for, for a hot minute, and I was like, okay, Deshaun Watson. Um, was he not in that draft? So, and it's like, ah, and I, that's why I just hope the league just does right by at the end of the day. Absolutely. They'd be, they be doing themselves a dis- disservice by not making her, giving her the, you know, the platform and the attention she deserves. Cause she is, she is that player. She is that person. And that's awesome. You have that kind of hometown connection. And that's what I'm, I'm such a homer. Obviously I got my Sixers gear. Like I get more involved in leagues when I have a team in them. I, I'm just like, I'm Philly sports all the way through. I'm just, I'm praying. I'm hoping I, the WNBA needs a Philadelphia team. Whenever they expand next, that's gotta be their first city. In my opinion, yeah. that they expand to. Cause then I'll, I'll cause now I'm, I'm a fan of the league. I enjoy it. But if I don't really have a rooting interest, you know, cause I'm just, I root for the hometown team. Right. So I, I need that team to kind of have, have a specific team to kind of care and root for. And so oh, yeah, for sure. Heels back, enjoying the game of the league. That makes sense. Of course, of course. All right, well, we'll wrap up. A little too early to do any season predictions. The WNBA, only four games in. But we'll flip right. back to the NBA. We're in the playoffs. You already got your glasses on, so you're ready to go. I'm going to ask <laughs> you to give me your finals prediction and the winner and how many games. So who's going to make it? Winner, games. And I'll, I'll put my glasses on for you because – you can trust us because we got glasses on. All right, here we go. <laughs> um, my honest opinion, I got Lakers versus Nets. I'm sticking with that whole debate of what it was coming into the year. I got Lakers versus Nets. And I have Lakers in seven. That game Thank is you. definitely seven. Barring injuries, no one gets hurt. That game is going to seven. Um, because you look at the Boston Celtics game, you got to understand, Boston, even though they lost, that was a win in their back pocket. The reason why I say that is because you look at the score. The score was 103 to, what was it, 103 to 93. And all three of those guys played and combined for 82 points. Jason Tatum is by himself. No Jalen Brown. Yeah, he has Kimball Walker. Kimba Walker gave them kind of like a not enough. Kimba didn't give him right enough, now. especially against that team. Uh, let's see, let's see. Crazy. Yeah, Kimba Walker gave him gave him 15. Like that's that's chump change for him. Now, granted, since he got to the Celtics, he's been a little yeah. you know appreciating. Um, but granted, all three of your top guys, James Harden, 21, Kyrie Irving, 29, Kevin Durant, and 32. The score was only 103 or 104 to 93. That was it. Dude, they were so leading. Yeah, and they were winning. So it's like that's something that you have to take in your back hit as Brad Stevens, who I personally believe is fighting for his coaching job right now. Um, you have to take that and understand that, wow. 
these guys are really supposed to blow us out. Given Jalen, your catalyst player, Jalen Brown, is out for the entire season. Now, Robert Williams stepped up. Evan Fournier giving them a 10-piece. Marcus Smart giving them a 17-piece. That's a He's a huge catalyst as well. Jason Tatum just doing what Jason Tatum does. Um, and then, you know, if we can get some other guys like Tristan Thompson to not give four points when he's in the game, that'll help as well. Um, so I think just because the, the way that the Nets are playing, now granted it's first game, but like I said, I still have Lakers versus Nets. I just don't think people who believe that the big three, quote unquote, they believe that, you know, they'll steamroll their way to the playoffs. I don't think it, I think it'll be an easier journey for the Lakers than it will be for the Nets. Interesting. Interesting. I got to stick with my, I made a prediction about halfway through the season. I'm sticking with it. I regret my Western choice now based on this first game. I have the Sixers over the Clippers in seven. Hmm. I'm kind of getting shaky on the Clippers now because they're after that first game. But I, I got to stick with what I said. So I have Sixers clips in seven. Hmm. I think Lakers Nets is what is the more obvious choice. Could easily happen. You know, hmm. it's both are possible. I think the Lakers have a tougher road than the Clippers do after this series. Yes. Yes. Because the Mavs are tough, but they can, they're beatable. The Suns, I, the Suns are just so disrespected. I guess the regular season doesn't matter anymore, but like I don't think the Lakers are gonna like breeze through this series. It might go seven. Suns nah. are a good team. I see the Lakers in six. The reason why I say that is because Chris Paul. And I'm trying to find my words carefully. <laughs> Chris Paul has never gone up against LeBron. In the playoffs, no. It's what I said. Yeah. He's never gone up against LeBron in the playoffs. He's never gone up against somebody who was that smart in the playoffs. Yeah, and I, I would argue Chris, Oh, go ahead. I would I'd argue he's never he doesn't have as much playoff experience. I'd argue Chris Paul's just as smart, if not a smarter player. Just doesn't nah. not physically gifted. The reason why I say Chris Paul, and I'm not saying he's dumber than LeBron. I'm saying that you really have to understand that. And for people who watch this, LeBron is actually not my favorite player, <laughs> but I respect the hierarchy. So look, you have to understand that at the end of the day, it's, it takes a team effort to get to the finals. And by saying that, Devin Booker has never seen playoff experience. Despite how a bucket this dude is, he has never seen playoff experience. He's never ran into LeBron James in the playoffs. He's never ran into Anthony Davis in the playoffs. Chris Paul is the only person, despite Jay Crowder, He's the only person who I believe if they put him on LeBron, that's that's just a re, that's just a rematch to when Jay Crowder was on the Celtics when LeBron was on the Heat. Get out the way. <laughs> um, so that is something that is literally, honestly, it's literally Chris Paul and Monty Williams versus LeBron versus Anthony Davis versus Frank Vogel versus Jason Kidd. And I'm not saying the Suns are going to win, but I'm saying this is a tougher matchup than they're giving credit for. Because Monty Williams, great, great coach, great coaching. Chris Paul, he's got that experience, a little bit of playoff mm -hmm. experience. The rest of the team's young and inexperienced, but they're youthful and they're talented. So I think yeah. they're going to give the Lakers a run for their money. And I think they can push them to seven and exhaust them. And a seven-game series with the Suns in the first round of playoffs, it's going to take a toll mm -hmm. on this team, especially a team that, you know, LeBron missed half the year. AD missed a lot of the year. It's, 
I think it's going to, even if they win, it's going to affect them. And I see where you're going. The only thing is you have to understand that the playoffs are built on rotation too. So That's true. Suns, you know, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Jay Crowder. Uh, is it Dario Saric? That's who the Saric, fourth the man. homie. I think he's the fourth man. And then DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Who's the backup? Who who are the backups? I don't even know. I'm 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 literally asking. Do you know? Not like <laughs> See, like that. That's the thing. So you don't know who truly is going to come in for the Suns. Like you still have the you still have Andre Drummond, who DeAndre Ayton. Despite his progression and where he's going to go in this league, he's not stopping either both of them. So that right there is the that to me is the weak point in the game. That'll be the weak point. It's just giving it to Andre Drummond and giving it to Anthony Davis and letting them go to work. Hopefully, AD can gather his senses by the first game and well that series as a whole that he can do what he needs to do. Guard play is going to be in trouble just because. No one's, I'm sorry, no one's going to be able to lock up Devin Booker, honestly. Uh, yeah. The only person that can come close is Alex Caruso just because he locked up, quote-unquote, Steph Curry in that last little two minutes of the game. Um, Dennis Schroeder playing his former teammate, Chris Paul. So we'll see how that goes. I, I see Chris Paul still giving him the business at the end of the day. LeBron, going to do what LeBron does. Uh, I see it in six. I see... The Suns getting two because of your because of your argument because of the youthfulness and using that against the Lakers. But I only see them getting two just because the game the playoffs is not about youth. Playoffs is about outsmarting your opponent. Regular season you can get away with that. Hence why the Hornets were where they were because absolutely, absolutely. they were just youthful. And they could be able to get by people. So, yeah. all right, I feel you. I feel you. Do me a favor, Chris. Can you can you say your name? your predictions and that you can trust me because I'm wearing glasses and I got glasses on. Do that for me. Look at the camera. My name is Chris Lowes Jr. And I have the Lakers in seven. And you can trust him because he's got some glasses on. He's a smart guy. Amazing sports analyst, DraftKings, sportscasters, most love sports. He does it all. Chris, I could talk about sports and NBA for you with you for hours. Fortunately, it's got to come to an end. I got a very important Sixers game to watch. I'm very excited. Yes, sir. Thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate the time as always. Hope we reconnect soon, man. This was fun. Thank you. We do appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, best of luck to you. Be well. Yes, sir.